Hi, and welcome to On Point, a podcast by Oak Street Funding, where we bring research and data-backed insights to dig into the minds of industry leaders to learn how to stand out, navigate, and break through this ever-changing industry. I am your host, Bridget Height, and you can support this podcast by following us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on our website, or really wherever you get your podcasts. We will be there hanging out, talking to industry leaders, and ready to empower you to grow your business. Now, let's get on point. Today, we welcome Paul LaRue, Principal and Chief Marketing Officer at Whipfly. Paul is an experienced executive leader with a proven record of building successful marketing organizations, launching new brands, and optimizing overall organizational performance. Today, Paul is going to share modern leadership lessons to help all business leaders transform their business teams. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you, appreciate it. <laughs> so we are here today to talk about leadership. So could, to start off, could you just describe your leadership style? Oh, it's a good question. So I've been an executive coach for 25 years. So uh, that's that always comes up. What is your leadership style, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, you know, it's fair to say that over the last 20 to 25 years, everybody's leadership style should have transformed quite a bit. Well, I yes. know we're going to talk about that today. Uh, but I would say I'm inclusive, very inclusive, meaning I talk to a lot of people, very collaborative, not consensus driven, but collaborative driven, meaning get the best insights from the people that you lead. Yeah. Um, I think today you have to be highly communicative, uh, meaning over communicate, mm -hmm. over communicate, over communicate, uh, because getting people aligned is really super important. Yeah. And when you communicate relentlessly, you keep people aligned. Uh, I'd like to say I'm motivating. I try to be motivating as I much as I can. I get motivating off of you. <laughs> yeah, I try, to, I try to get motivated as much as I can. <laughs> and then the other thing is I, I focus on making progress. I think, you know, sometimes in leadership, there's this uh, pursuit of perfection. Yeah. And I always tell our team, look, it's not about perfection. It's about progress. Let's just make progress. Let's take one step forward today. Uh, and so I, I think sometimes leaders want perfection and uh, it's hard to perform to perfection, right? If the bar keeps changing or if you don't know how what perfection is defined by. So to me, it's making progress every week. And there's little recipes that I know we're going to talk about today on how to do that. Great. So what is a modern leader and how are they different from a traditional leader? Yeah, well, that, uh, another great question. So here's what I think has changed, uh, you know, Today, if you're a leader in the workforce, uh, you're leading a four-generation workforce, uh, right? Yeah. So that's the first time in our history that if you're a leader, you're potentially with four generations, right? Wow. You've got millennials there, you've got Xers there, you've got boomers there. I mean, it is literally a cadre of people. Right. And so your leadership style needed to evolve and change with that. And so I think that, you know, boomers early on when they were dominating the landscape and leadership, which is really 80s and 90s mm -hmm. and, and almost up to 2000, um, they were pretty much taught a style called what I call command and control. You knew who was in command and you knew who, who had control. And, and that style does not work anymore. Yeah. It just simply doesn't work anymore. So um, you need to cultivate followers and you need to build community and you need to have this incredible uh, intelligence that goes beyond intellectual intelligence. Mm -hmm. So I call that social intelligence, emotional intelligence, and intellectual intelligence, and be trained in all those areas. And I think, uh, you know, I've learned uh, in the, my 41 years of doing this that 
um, you're still in kindergarten when you're a leader. You can't, <laughs> there's no PhD in this program, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think if you think you're going to get a PhD, that's when you start falling back. Uh-huh. Um, it's got to be this willingness to be a lifelong learner, committed to always being better at your trade every single day. And um, I think sometimes we as leaders forget about that, that this is a discipline. We learn it and it's skill-based and we can get better at it. Uh, And so, you know, when I do executive coaching, uh, I often will have to pry out of people. Tell me a little bit about what works for you and what doesn't work. What's your light side of your leadership and what's the dark side of your leadership? And every leader has a dark side. And unfortunately, that dark side was maybe from examples that they got when they were coming up through the leadership ranks, right? Maybe they had two or three people who taught them wrong or who were dominant leaders and they learned that style and just took it into their style. Um, So this willingness to learn, to adapt, to evolve is all part of the leadership, the modern leadership game now. And as I go around the country and I talk on leadership, I realize that um, I think some people just stopped at some point. They said, you know, I've been a leader for 20 years. I'm good to go. And I I just would encourage leaders to jump back into the sandbox, pretend like you're in kindergarten again (laughs) and be willing to learn. (laughs) I love that. So um, how about this transformational leader term? What, What makes a transformational leader? Yeah, so it's a term that's being used quite a bit today, uh, and it's defined differently by a lot of different people. Okay. Uh, so I'll give you some of the characteristics of, I think, what transformational leaders should do. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, One, they should build powerful vision, and that vision should be motivating and inspiring and getting people to follow is really, really important. I think we forget that we're vision builders. It doesn't mean that we need to be a visionary. That's different. It means that we build powerful vision through other people. Maybe that vision comes from within our organization, but we relentlessly build it and then we follow it, Mm -hmm. right? So we have a vision and we have a plan to get there. You know, the other part is we're developing leaders at all levels of the organization. Um, It used to be that the powerful leader that ran organizations, and we could go back in the 90s and revisit some of those leaders. There was one powerful leaders and a lot of small leaders, right? right? And now I think it's about developing leaders at every single level and really investing in developing your leaders. So it's not about a succession plan. It's really about having strong leaders leading all the disciplines of your organization or strong leaders across your whole organization. A third thing I think is important is learning how to cascade power and decision making. Mm. Uh, So I do a lot of teaching on power theory and on decision making. The old command and control leader had all the power and made all the decisions. And today, a transformational leader actually pushes that down into the organization. So if you and I were talking and going back and forth, I would probably say, hey, Bridget, um, why don't you tell me how you would make the decision? instead of me making the decision. Uh, And that's a very different style, right? It used to be someone would walk in and go, this is my recommendation, you make the decision. Now I say to them, what decision would you make? Meaning we're teaching people how to make good decisions. And how to be invested too. how to be invested, right? So I think that's really uh, important. Um, I will always say that creating and cultivating a positive culture is important. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, I would advocate there's a different word right now out there called community building that's really important that goes even beyond culture Mm -hmm. so and and let me just just dissect that for a second you know I grew up in a small town and in that small town you knew everybody in the community right so if Saturday you were going to go build the garage it wouldn't be weird to have 18 people show up with hammers and come build the garage with you because that's just the way it was (laughs) well community building within our organizations is really really important 
I think we went from cultural activities, which just are things that we do together, to now intentional community building. And that, I think, is a shift for transformational leaders. How do I build purposeful community within my organization? So that's super important. And then the last aspect I would say is leading perpetual change. Uh, You know, when I started in the game a long time ago now, change would happen about twice a year. It was like a cardiogram, change and then no change, and then change and no change. Well, the fact now it's change, 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 change. It's change all the time. And in fact, um, your ability to keep an organization constantly in this change cycle and get them through is part of what being a transformational leader is all about. It's hard to push people through change when it happens so fast. I mean, we really rebel against change. Most of us do in our life. Whatever change you throw at us, we really don't like it. But the fact is it's the market is changing so fast and things are coming, technology has changed and providing us information so fast that we're constantly changing. So transformational leaders need to be experts in leading perpetual change. And a lot of us really don't go to leadership school, right? We go to college and we get a degree and our degree is in marketing or business, but we don't get a leadership degree, Mm -hmm. which I think is kind of a shame. I think we should actually have to go to leadership school. (laughs) Uh, And so we're learning along the way, right? It's different for us. And I think, you know, this term transformational leader is there because we want you to transform where you are today into this new style and be comfortable with it because that's what gonna make, that's what's going to make you successful. Okay. So transformational leaders have a driving vision. What are the four components of a compelling vision? So I'll give you five because okay. I think they're five. Okay. Um, I think uh, it starts off with the big picture. What is the big picture? Mm-hmm. Where are we going? Why is it important? Why are you involved, right? I call that the big picture. Second part of it is um, the plan, right? So you can have a great vision, and if you have no plan, the vision is really hallucination, right? (laughs) If you have a plan, then you've got a shot. Uh, Then it's about people and the part that people play, right? So what part do you play as a person in this organization? So people are essential. You cannot reach your vision without people. I think we would all agree to that. If you're a leader, you can't do it yourself. You gotta have a people part. I think there's a process part, which is what is the process we're gonna follow as we plan, right? What what are the milestones and the benchmarks and the things that we're gonna have to, to measure along the way that tells us we're making progress? Yeah. Right, I think that's forgotten about a lot of times. So I'll see organizations set a 10-year goal a lot. They call that their vision. And then they're not measuring progress on a cadence that allows people to see progress is being made, right? Okay. So you gotta keep people in the loop. If you want them to be uh, supportive of your vision, you need to show them milestones of progress and then celebrate those milestones. Whether they're successes or failures, because you'll fail a little bit, right? You're going to fail when you go for visions. And I think the last part is what I call the part. And I hit it a little bit on people, which is everybody needs to have a part in the vision. So I think years ago in leadership, we would say one powerful leader could drive the vision. We would all just follow. And today that's a recipe for failure Mm -hmm. because people want to be a part of the vision, right? They Mm -hmm. want to play a part in helping an organization grow. They want to play a part in the success. They want to play a part in maybe getting some of the reward as the vision grows, right? So I tell people, don't forget about the part piece. It's really important. All right. So what is the biggest challenge of transformational leadership? Uh, The shift in style is very dramatic for people, right? Uh, being a great listener and what I call an active listener and um, telling people quiet 
listen, hear people out is a skill that's not intuitive to a lot of people. Uh, being a collaborative leader. Um, I think people feel that collaborative leadership takes time and then they're not willing to take the time to be a collaborative leader. And what I would say is collaborative leadership gives you the best ideas and make sure you hear all the voices that you need to hear before you make a good decision. So that's huge. And then what I call common ground. Um, you are not always going to make everybody thrilled in leadership, right? Uh, what you fight for is what I call common ground, right? You'll have people who dig in on each side of the issue all the time. We know that politically that happens today. We know that happens a lot. Um, But it's not about digging in. It's about finding a spot that you can both go to where you both have a win, right? right? Now you're both going to lose a little bit, but you're both going to win a little bit. And uh, I think a lot of leadership is finding common ground and then moving people through once you find the common ground. So those are some early recipes. So um, you might be repeating yourself here, but I have to add, why is transformational leadership important? Because today's multi-generational workforce will not work for a command and control leader anymore. They just simply aren't motivated by it. They're not inspired by it. You're going to lose people faster. You're not going to retain people. People want to work for a inspirational leader who listens to them Mm -hmm. and takes the best ideas and moves them forward. And um, in a lot of ways, we're not used to that style. And uh, I think that's okay, but you know, I think what we're trying to get people to do with this podcast and other times when I speak on the stage is get people to try it on and see if it works, right? right? And I've learned through the years that, um, you know, do you make everybody happy? No, but that's not the point. The point is you collaborate, you move in a direction, you talk to a lot of people, you listen well, and you communicate relentlessly, and you got a good shot, right? Which makes the workplace a more enjoyable place to be. Yeah. So absolutely, and and I'm doing things on the communication side I never thought I would do. Before. Such as well, you know, I do I, I do a, a monthly roundtable yeah. uh, where people can just come to uh, lunch. I do it over lunch. Bring your lunch. Ask me any question you want. Um, I send out every Friday, no matter where I am, even if I'm on vacation, uh, a report called the Friday Flash. And in the Friday Flash is everything that's going on in the organization. Uh, praises for the people who did great work for the week, some things that we're working through that are tough, uh, issues that we're dealing with as a team. And every week that goes out on Friday, no matter where I am, and it goes out by noon. I try to get out by noon every week. And it's an alignment tool, right? It yeah. keeps everybody on the same page on what we're working on, that we're succeeding at some, th- some things, we're not doing well in other areas, and we got to continue to push forward in the following areas, right? Um, So modern leaders have an unusual labor situation to deal with. The pandemic, the Great Recession have brought about radical shifts in the labor market. So how do you approach hiring and retaining talent in this environment? Yeah, well, it's a multi-dimensional playbook today, right? Uh, We talked a little bit about building a great culture, you know, building a great community, some of the recipe things that you need to do as a leader. Certainly, you've got to do all those. And then you've got to look at you know, a gig workforce, you've got to look at, uh, we have a, a, what we call almost like an anytime, anywhere policy, which is if you want to work out of your home and you're productive, great. It's mm-hmm. okay. The, I think modern day offices are going to start to disappear. That's a little sad. Um, but I do think people are accustomed. COVID kind of got us working out of our home. And now we found out we could actually be pretty good and we don't have to spend an hour and a half on the road every day. 
and so I think you got to look at anytime, anywhere policies. I think you got to look at a flexible labor force, which is I'm willing to hire people who only want to work 24 hours a week. Yeah. Right. I'm OK with that. I don't have to have everybody working 40 hours a week, <laughs> which I think gives a chance for at home moms right. and other uh, different labor people who are really, really talented to go. I can't work full time. Right. right. So I think between, you know, gig and flexibility and anytime, anywhere. Uh, and then just your relentless pursuit of great leadership as a leader, mm-hmm. all those are a recipe for helping you with this sort of workforce challenge that we have right now. Right. Um, you know, I think there's a rumor out there that the young people don't want to work hard. I've heard that rumor. Uh, I, yeah. And, <laughs> and, you know, let's just get rid of that rumor right away. Um, I think they have looked up at the boomer generation and said, I don't, I don't want, want that, that to happen. Yeah. I don't want to see a 55% divorce rate. I don't want to see people who are burnt out in their 50s yeah. and done. And so they're they're creating a new definition of work-life balance. I'm actually pleased to see that come forward mm-hmm. where we begin to say, hey, determine what your 100% is, right? right. So if your 100% is 40 or your 100% is 50 hours or your 100% is 24, we can figure out a way to make that fit within our workforce, yeah. within our global workforce strategy. Um, And that's different for us. I think it's forcing us to think about really good labor in a good way, right? Um, More creativity than we had before, which is just recruit, bring them on board, retain, right? right? That that was the old playbook and that that playbook doesn't work fully anymore. I think that's good. (laughs) So our next podcast guest will share the value of inclusive leadership. How do you build a culture that embraces diversity? So that's a big word, yes. right? The diversity word, um, <laughs> because it could mean everything from diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? It could mean that. Um, you know, I think what we try to do in our organization, what I try to do as a leader, is um, hear all viewpoints, hear all issues, include as many people as I possibly can. You know, when we we do a lot of steering committees, we do a lot of task force. Um, those are things that I didn't do in the past, right? Mm-hmm. I would just come out of the cave and declare. It worked in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. Well, that, that style does not work today. So inclusive to me is involving people, right? Changing your style to be collaborative. Be willing to work through and listen to other viewpoints right. that allow you to reach a good decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've found you do that and people are invested in listening and people are invested in hearing from others that you do end up with better decisions. I I can honestly say I've made better decisions in the last 10 years than I made in the 30 years prior, Um, which means I'm still learning and growing, right? Right. You know, still having been in the game a long time, I am still at that stage of learning and growing. So I think inclusive leadership, diversity in leadership, all those things can mean a lot of things. I think we lean into DEI at Whipley, it's important to us. Um, but we also talk about how we treat people, mm-hmm. how we work with people in the workforce, um, and how we include people before we make big decisions. And I think that's helped us transform our leadership style. Great. Um, so there may be listeners who would say, oh, Paul, everything you've shared sounds great, <laughs> but this will how will this affect my bottom line? I don't have time to waste on something that won't help me meet my financial objectives. So what would you say to those people? I, I don't think you can achieve your financial objective without it, right? So if you're losing people, right. they're walking out the door as fast as you're bringing them in the door. 
if you're not a leader who's adapting to some of the new styles out there, you are actually going to hurt your bottom line dramatically. Mm -hmm. So I think we should play the opposite end of the coin. What what happens when I'm not this way, right? And what happens when I'm not this way is your organization begins to deteriorate. It's not as effective operationally as it should be. Your leaders aren't developing at every level. You have lots of single points of failure in your organization because you're not cascading power and decision making and you're not developing other leaders. So I think the cost is actually greater if you don't pay attention to it. Um, You know, does it take time? Yes. Um, I think one of the things we don't do is realize that leading takes a percentage of time. Right. We just, you know, if we have a hundred percent week, we fill it up with returning calls, staying on top of our clients, doing all the things that we need to do. Right. And we save a two percent sliver for leadership. Hmm. And I think it's much bigger than that. I think it's always a piece of what you have to do, connecting and talking to people and sitting down and having a cup of coffee and investing in relationships and getting to know people for who they are. It's just part of what you need to do today. And if you do those things, your bottom line will go the other way. You'll go up, right? Your revenues will go up. Your bottom line will go up. Your culture will be healthy. People enjoy working for you. You'll retain people a lot longer. Um, You know, we all know the cost of losing employee today, right? It's expensive to keep Mm -hmm. losing people. The retrain is huge. So let's eliminate that, right? Let's change our style and begin to be the leader that the organization needs to propel forward. Great. So um, what would you say to the leader who is interested in becoming a modern leader, but doesn't know quite where to start? Be willing to learn and grow. Right. Okay. Uh, So the first thing you sit back and say is, am I willing to invest in me being a better leader? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's your first question, right? You look at that, write it on a piece of paper and go, am I willing to invest? Because it is an investment. Right. Um, Lots of great places that you can go. But, uh, you know, we use this analogy earlier. Are you in kindergarten or are you a PhD in leadership? I think you're in kindergarten because today's modern leadership calls for learning, growing, and evolving. And uh, if you're not investing that, chances are you're going to hit a threshold. Your organization's going to hit a threshold. You're going to hit a threshold. No one likes to work for that leader who's not learning and growing, who's not authentic and transparent and real about who they are. So I I think that's the thing. You know, if there was one thing that people took away from this podcast, it would be Am I willing to invest in my leadership? Mm -hmm. Certainly, I'm an advocate of executive coaching at certain points in your career because executive coaches peel you back a little bit Mm -hmm. and show you some things that you look in the mirror and can't see. Uh, So investing in executive coaching is really good. But there's podcasts, there are webinars, so many things to see today around leadership. It's time. Are you willing to take the time? Yep. what is one final modern business leadership lessons for our listeners? Uh, I would tell them become a phenomenal communicator and a phenomenal listener. Um, you don't have to be as articulate on, in terms of speaking as you do if you're a great listener and you're a great communicator in terms right. of listening to people and communicating to people a story and becoming comfortable with being authentic and real. I think if you can move that into your leadership style. People like to work for people that they like to be with, right? Yep. Uh, And if you can look up at a leader and go, I really like to work for Bridget. (laughs) She does a great job. She inspires me. She motivates me. She helps me see the right things. She's developed me as developing me as a person and as a leader. You're going to retain people. Those are hard to come by. So that'd be the one thing. Okay. 
this is actually this is in in instilled hope in me Sorry for the for the workforce this yeah. has been great talking to you yeah so thank well you. thank you for having me i do have one last question okay we do something a little off the cuff for the last okay, question good. so i would like to know our listeners would like to know who is your mentor and what is the most important lesson you've learned from them um Wow, I had a lot of great mentors along the way. I can tell you there was um, a guy that I met um, named Bob Mumford years ago, and Bob was like the Yoda of leadership. <laughs> and I remember it so many times, I would sit next to him in the chair, and he would say things to me like, quit taking yourself so serious. Uh. Or he'd say, look in the mirror and understand what's really coming out. Or he would say, let's evaluate your dark side, because it's overlapping your light side. So I think finding a mentor who can speak into your life, mm -hmm. right? And and really push your authenticity is powerful. And Bob was able to do that for me. And Bob's probably 90 years old now, wow. uh, but he had such wisdom on leading and helping and nurturing and taking care of people. And, and so those lessons of sitting alongside of his chair when he just would throw the one-liner at me and I'd go, wow, I didn't expect that, that challenge. That was, I'll, I'll remember that the rest of my life. May so, I ask how you knew Bob? It just, I, I got to know him through another friend and we met, He Bob was probably in his upper seventies when we met. Uh, I met him in Denver, Colorado and his ability to just speak into my life at that time was perfect. I think timing was right. Yeah. Um, I found his stuff very inspirational for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, it spurred me to develop some of my own stuff and begin to think about maybe writing a book someday, which I really would like to do. But um, I met him and it just worked, right? That yeah. it was two common souls who got together. And I, I was like, everything this guy says has so much power mm. for where I am at, at that point in my life. And I think there was a willingness for me to go there, right? Yeah. I, I, do t I do tell leaders a lot of times that vulnerability is a really good trait Definitely. because a vul vulnerability allows you to walk in and go, I am willing to change. Yeah. Um, and if you do that, you'll learn a lot about yourself quickly. And, and Bob could look into my soul and go, that's got to change. <laughs> right. And I was willing to listen and yeah. I was willing to change. Yeah. So that was, that was probably one of my most powerful mentors. Paul, this has been so lovely. Thank you so much. For well, thank you, Bridget. I appreciate it. <laughs> Well, thank you all for listening to On Point, a podcast by Oak Street Funding, where we bring research and data-backed insights to dig into the minds of industry leaders to learn how to stand out, navigate, and break through this ever-changing industry. I'm Bridget Height, and tune in next time wherever you listen to podcasts to hear Kirsten Petrus, Executive Director of Oak Street Funding, discuss the value of inclusive leadership. See you then as we get On Point. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks for listening. To get in contact with someone at Oak Street Funding, please call 844-353-8022. That's 844-353-8022 to learn more.